Hello, Gasaholics. I'm Hot Rod Bob, and you've got gas on afternoon Thursday edition. Uh, if you're listening to this and it's Thursday, then you're seeing it live or early recorded. If you're seeing it on another day, then it's past gas, which you can check out on YouTube and many other places that you find gas. Hmm, that sounds ominous, doesn't it? Well, all right, let's move on. Back in the early 1970s, AMC, the small company, one of the big four at the time, but they were the smallest of the big four, came up with a compact car. They needed something to compete against the forthcoming Vega, the Ford Pinto, and the onslaught of the Japanese imports. Now, at the time, the only real popular compact car was the Volkswagen Beetle, and it was getting old. It was aging, and you couldn't get conveniences on it like air conditioning. And they did have somewhat of an automatic transmission, but it wasn't quite the same. Reliable? Well, pretty much, but maintenance-intensive. And people don't talk about that on the Volkswagen, but really it was. You had to adjust the valves every 3,000 miles, and there was no oil filter, so you had to keep the oil changed. It was air-cooled, which made it easy as far as not having to have coolant, but it was also small. It was lightweight, it did get reasonably good fuel mileage, and was notably lacking in power. But it was still the most popular imported car of the time. And GM and Ford were taking aim at the Japanese imports, having more conventional-style compact cars. The Vega, well, that was a totally redesigned car, and people were clamoring for it because it sounded so good technically. Technically, it didn't end up that way. Pinto sounded good because, well, it was a Ford, and Ford built tough cars. And the Pinto wasn't all that bad as long as you weren't rear-ended. Power was reasonably good, as was with the Vega. But AMC was money-strapped. They didn't have the finances to design a completely new car. So what they did was rather simple and actually effective. They chopped off the back of a Hornet, made a shorter car, made it simple, utilizing componentry they already had in their portfolio. Six-cylinder engine. It was bulletproof. It was a pretty stout motor. It has torque. It had sufficient power. And it was already produced. There was no testing to be done on this. Whereas the Vega had a totally unproven engine, and it proved to be totally unproven. And Ford was using engines that were proven, but from Europe. The Kent four-cylinder pushrod motor, and the overhead cam engine coming out of Germany. So, what did AMC do? Well, they came up with the Gremlin. Now, the Gremlin was maligned because it was odd-looking. It wasn't really a small car. It was compact by... American car standards, but it was roomy. It was wide for compact cars, and the back seat was an option, but when you got it, it was cramped enough for at least two people with their knees and their chins. Uh, it rode reasonably well, super tight turning radius, because it was a short wheelbase version of the Hornet. The steering ratio was mm, a little slow, but with the short wheelbase, it worked out fine. Now, I remember the cars, not for their economy, but because 
they were kind of fun to drive. And at the time, the BF Goodrich Radial Challenge Series and SCCA Road Racing was just about being dominated by the Gremlin. Yeah. And they were showing up at the drag strip. Because some enterprising dealers and enthusiasts were putting 401 cubic inch AMC engines in them, and these things would fly. At about 2,500 pounds, they were a very lightweight car. Now, again, this is before the significant crash safety standards of today had come into play, and before emission standards had really hit hard. So 1970, when the Gremlin was introduced, was a pretty good year. Now, a friend of mine had one of these, had a three-speed manual transmission, the six-cylinder engine, and it was a cool car. We drove it to Vegas and had fun. Floored with four of us in it, I was able to get it up to 90 miles an hour. Now, before you say, oh my gosh, you were speeding, that was in the days before Vegas or Nevada had a speed limit other than what was reasonable. So once we hit the Nevada border going up to Vegas, it was pedals to the metal until we got to Las Vegas. And the AMC held up pretty good. Now, the Gremlin was an inexpensive car for AMC to produce. It got them into the ballpark. It got them competitive. And although they are maligned by some because they didn't think they were that attractive looking, it was one of the best-selling AMC products ever produced. Now, AMC, or Nash, Rambler, Hudson, were known for their compact cars back dating to the early 1950s. The Metro, the other Nash Aeroflights and such that came out at the time were compact cars. Of course, they were before the compact craze began. They were a step ahead of everybody. Hi, Pam. How you doing this afternoon? So AMC came out with a Gremlin, utilizing many components from the existing Hornet line. A lot less tooling for them. They were able to come to market with a 24, 2,500-pound car that sold for less than $2,000. As a matter of fact, it was very competitive. It was cheaper than a Vega, a little bit more expensive, a few dollars, than a Pinto, and they were on par with the Volkswagen Beetle at the time. Now, the combination was a six-cylinder, 238, I believe, cubic inches, and a three-speed manual transmission. An automatic three-speed was optional. But later on, well, AMC saw that they needed something a little bit different. The 304 V8 became an optional engine, and the four-cylinder sourced from Volkswagen Audi was now the base engine, and you could get a four-speed uh, on the floor, of course. So you had a little less horsepower, a lot less torque, but a little bit better fuel economy out of that four-cylinder. Later, the Gremlin morphed into what became the AMC Spirit, which really didn't have any resemblance to the previous Vega, or excuse me, Gremlin, but it was a good-looking car. Now, they also had four-wheel drive versions that came out. Uh, they were more based on the longer wheelbase Hornet, but still had that same front end that the familiar Gremlin had. The Gremlin was a very reliable car. There was very little new engineering in that machine, it was basically carryover parts from previous generation AMCs. The engine, very reliable. Now, I've had a couple of friends that have had them since. One races in an Irwindale occasionally, and he's been able to get down into the uh, eight-second zone with this machine, running a manual transmission and a Clifford Engineering Performance additional addition parts. 
and it's a fun little car. And it can be surprising to many because it just looks like a box stock econo box and it goes pretty good with that six cylinder. As I said, they race quite well in the G, the BFG radial challenge series and SCCA road racing. And I remember seeing them at Riverside Raceway back in the day and man, they were fun to watch, especially when they were passing the imports. But they ran out of steam on the straightaways. The little six cylinder's biggest fault, which really wasn't a fault on the street, was its inability to breathe at higher RPMs, and the engine would run out of RPMs in the mid-four range. But there's a way to fix that. And I saw someone do that. One of my friends uh, did a modification for someone. He took the cylinder head, or the whole engine, I forget which, out of the Jeep Wagoneer, the six-cylinder. Now, they pretty much bolted into place. It was basically the same engine that they were using in the Gremlin. It had fuel injection, more horsepower, more torque, much better fuel economy, and it started each and every time. The electronics in that car were pretty good. He mated it to a T5 Borg Warner 5-speed transmission with overdrive. The rear end gears, well, they pretty much stayed the same, but they added a positive traction rear end to it. It was the Levi edition. Now, for those of you who don't know, AMC used a Levi pattern material as seat covers on the Gremlin, and I believe the Hornet as well. It had the Levi tag in the corner. It looked like faded blue jeans, and it wore pretty good, just like a good pair of Levi jeans. The manual transmission with the shifter on the floor, you didn't need power steering. There wasn't that much weight over the front wheels. A little bit of air conditioning to keep you comfortable in the summer, and a heater that worked well in the winter, and you had a dynamite little car. The rally wheels, maybe set it down just a little bit, get it a little bit lower. The sway bar, front and rear, and you've got yourself a pretty fun car. Now, the AMC Gremlin lasted for a number of years and was a very good seller for AMC, but they needed to update it, and the Spirit became the replacement for the Vega. By that point in time, though, AMC was not doing all that well, and they were in the process of being taken over, so to speak. They had a, re a relationship with Renault, and, well, the Spirit got replaced as well with a Renault-based vehicle, which didn't help anything because it was as unreliable as any other Renault that ever came into the U.S. The Gremlin, maligned by many for its looks, is revered by many for those same looks. And they're fun cars to get. Now, they had some issues that some people didn't necessarily care for. For example, if you didn't get the optional back seat, you got a fixed rear window. If you got the optional back seat, well, it opened up. You didn't have a trunk. You didn't have a hatch. The body was pretty rigid for the time, and you could open that rear window, if you had the backseat option, and put things in the back, much like you would a hatchback. When the Spirit came out, it did have a traditional hatchback. Now, in the first year of production, Gremlin sold a little over 25,000 vehicles in 1970. Not too bad, considering it was released on April Fool's Day. And a lot of people thought that was kind of a joke, but hey, it worked. The second year, though sales increased. They, matter of fact, they doubled for 1971. And by 1972, man, they were selling nearly 400,000 gremlins in that year. Total production for the gremlins ended at 671,000. Not bad. 
Not bad for a small little car company like that. And with that kind of sales, you would have thought it would have helped save the AMC brand. It didn't. A short time after that, Chrysler purchased AMC, basically disassembling the company because all they wanted was the Jeep. And they took the Jeep over, and the AMC cars as we know them disappeared into history. Hi, I'm Hot Rod Pop, and you've got gas, a Thursday edition. Thanks for tuning in. The AMC Gremlin. Love to have one. I'd take one of those as a daily driver any day of the week. You guys have a great day. I'm Hot Rod Bob as we close in on the end of 2021. I hope you have a happy and healthy new year and that you are happy and healthy today and your Christmas was good as well. Or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Festivus or whatever it is that you celebrated. I'm Hot Rod Bob and you've got gas. Presented by Valley Head Service. Service tech equipment with all the equipment you need for the job you've got in the shop you have, whether it's your home shop or a commercial shop. And Beach Underwriting Associates, the land speed record team in Great Britain, coming to you at the Grand National Roadster Show, where Randy Cardoon and I, your two tired guys, will be there doing interviews in Building 4 over by the AMBR cards. So stop by and see us. Say hi. We'll be glad to meet and greet with you. You have a great day. I'm Hot Rod Bob, and you've got gas. Have a great day, everybody.